So I've I've got a uh, a photo to to show you. Thanks, Ella. If you can pop that up. Now, some of you may have seen this on on Facebook, um, but I if if not, I, I want to explain what this photo is all about. Yeah. So as you can see, they're um, they're dragons. This this is um, this is my boy Isaac. This is uh, he was playing with these dragons. There uh, and Belinda walked out and and said, "Oh, what's what's going on here, Isaac?" The um, it looks like that that middle one's getting attacked. Is he the baddie? And and he said, "No," like he was just confused. No, no, it's not that. That middle one is the one that he, he won. He won the battle. And, and the other two, because he won, the other two are, are lifting him up. And, um, and I, I suppose praising him for winning the, the battle. As you can see, the, the other two don't have wings. The middle one tore the wings st straight off the other two. Anyway, so this morning I want to talk about keeping sp perspective in battle. So obviously, Belinda's perspective of what happened here was was way out. <laughs> uh, I want to I want to talk about uh, David. I'll start at David and Goliath, and and uh, pick up some some keys uh, through there uh, that that I, I found helpful. I've I've had one of those weeks, and. Um, of, of just feeling uh, under things and feeling sort of hit by from from different angles, and um, and so this has been really helpful for me, and I I really hope that that it's helpful for for a lot of other people. Otherwise, it would be a waste of time. <laughs> but it's it's good. I'm excited about this message. So one Samuel seventeen nineteen to twenty. Uh, in the King James Version, it says, Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Eli, uh, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse commanded him and came to the trench. So what had happened is the, the Philistines were fighting against the Israelites um, David had been anointed king. He hadn't been made king; he'd just anointed king by a prophet. And his brothers had been sent to battle. David had to stay at home, mind the sheep, and do the the farm duties, the family duties. And his dad said to him, "Here, take these refreshments. Go see your brothers and report back. See how they're going." So this is this is where we pick up. And David he went, and then he came to a trench where where they were, and Goliath had been. Uh, coming out for 40 days and 40 nights, just yelling taunts to the Israelite armies. And my first point I want to make is the enemy will always show up when you're at your lowest point. David was in the trench and this, this nine foot three giant was standing out of the trench and over the Israelite armies. You've heard the saying that you, they'll, they'll kick you when you're down or or the enemy will kick you when you're down. That's that's the that's it. He'll he'll always show up when you're low. And and I say I've had one of those weeks. It sort of just compounds on top of on top of you because you're down. That's the perfect time to get you. 
if you've been in a fight, that's when you advance, when the other one's starting to, to tire, starting to, to get down. There's, I, I want to pick up a bit, uh, on criticisms that, that David faced as he went out there as well. Firstly, um, from Eliab, his brother, in uh, 1 Samuel 17, 28, um, it says that David's older brother Eliab heard David talking to the other soldiers, other men. He was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taken care of? I know your pride and your deceit. You just want to see the battle. So David was out there. He wasn't he was just following what his father had told him. Go and go take this to your, your brothers. He had refreshments for his brothers, and then he was getting attacked. What are you doing here? You just, you're, I know your pride and your deceit. Hang on, he had no. Well, I don't see that he had any pride or deceit at this point. Um, he was he was following orders, but he was getting criticised by his brother. That was family was criticising him for doing something good for obeying his father. The next one later on was, was King Saul. David, David said, uh, I'll go fight. Later on he said, I'll go fight this Philistine. Who does he think he is? And uh, in verse 32, Saul said, no, David said, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. He's been training since he was a young boy. And, and you haven't even started training. Don't be ridiculous. So David was just responding because he saw no one else responding to defeat this giant. And David said, yeah, I've, I've had a little bit of experience. I've defeated bears and I've defeated uh, things coming against my sheep. I reckon I can take him. Another one is Goliath. Once David got out on, into the valley, then armed with, in verse 40, then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared to, at David, that you would come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. So this, this is all, these are all attacks, attacks of criticism coming at David from different angles, different people, his family, the, the king of, the, of Israel at the time, Goliath, the enemy. They were all just telling him what he was or how they viewed him, their perspective of him. But David had a different perspective For 40, for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath was in that valley. The valley was called the Valley of Judah. So it was, it was owned and possessed by uh, the Israelite families. But David was, was uh, not David, sorry, Goliath was out there for 40 days, 40 nights. 
yelling taunts, and he was he was owning the the valley. He was controlling the valley. And what I want to ask you today is, who are you letting own your valley or control your valley? What criticism coming at you are you allowing them to to control you? See if. David's response was, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What is he doing? Who does he think he is? This is our land. Let's get rid of him. When David went and and talked to Saul and said, "Let, let me have a go. Come on, I can take him. Uh, King King Saul, his response was, no, no, you can't. Uh, let, let me just read 17.37 to 39. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armour, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put, on, put it on, strapped the, sword over, uh, strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it felt like for he had never worn such things before. I can't go on this, he protested to, to Saul. I'm not used to them. David took them off again and gave them back to Saul. David didn't try to be someone else in the battle. This is my second point. He he had he he made himself available to f- want to fight this Philistine, and everyone around him thought it was crazy. And Saul tried to give him his his own armor for protection. And it wasn't his; it didn't fit. And he said, "All right, if you're going out there, take this." But David said, "I'm not wearing that. I'm not used to it. It's not me, and it's not working for you either. You've been here for forty days." And you still haven't gone out there. So Saul was trying to make him like himself. Saul was trying to make David like himself. And, and that would be okay, I suppose, if Saul went with David out onto the battlefield. But Saul never went with David. So David said, no, nah, keep it. It's not working. I've, I've got my sling and I'll take them. They work. They've always worked. I'm used to them. He didn't give in and try and be like the world. Don't conform to the ways of the world, the Bible says. So, verse 50. So when David triumphed over the Philistine with only a a sling and a stone, for he had no sword, David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to to kill him and cut off his head. He went into the battle without a sword, but he came out of it with one. See, God uses all things for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You may be facing a battle and you feel unresourced or un- unprepared for it, but God will use even what your enemy has to turn it around and resource you for what you're going through. My, my third point is when... You're victorious over your giant. Cut its head off. 
David didn't just knock over Goliath and, and leave him laying there. He didn't just knock over Goliath, move on, and then take on the Philistine armies. It was Goliath that was mainly coming against the Israelites, taunting them. And he may have been dead by that, that rock that hit him in the forehead. It probably would have killed him. But David wasn't taking any chances. He took his sword, he ran over, and he chopped his head straight off. Just He, he didn't want to take any chances on that. And then the verses go on that David didn't just leave it all there and then move on. He grabbed Goliath's head and he carried it back to the Israelite camp and he carried it around with him. And Saul wanted to, to talk with the, the young boy and it says, it, we read later on that, that David was still holding Goliath's head while talking to the king and, and he, he walked around with it. He took it with him and it even goes on to say he even took it with him to, to, to defeat the rest of the Philistines with the Israelite army. But he, he took it further and it said he took it all the way to Jerusalem, which was 25 kilometres away from this valley, carrying this head. It, it wouldn't have been pretty, but he was proud of it. His, your victories, when, you, when you're coming against something and you, you get a victory, then you cut, you cut the head off that giant that you're battling. Then be proud of it. Take it with you. Take it with you as a testimony. Yeah. And all the, all the way to, to Jerusalem, it wasn't named Jerusalem at the time. It was uh, the, the, the Jebusites owned the city. It was, it was Mount Zion. And the, the Jebusites had possession of it. And the Bible says he, he took it there. And, and that's where he, he laid it. And they often used to drive a spear into the ground and, and stick heads on just so that everyone knew that they were victorious, but usually in the battlefield. But, uh, yeah, he, he took it over here to, to, to the, the Mount Zion. Now, Mount Zion was where Solomon was going to later build the temple of God, where the Ark of the Covenant was going to come back to the Israelites and dwell in the, in the temple. The, this Zion, or, or later to be called Jerusalem, was where Jesus was going to be crucified. And he, he placed it outside the, the, the city. David, in, in verse 54, 1750, sorry, 1 Samuel 17.54, David took the Philistine's head and, and that's where it was outside the city. Now, a bit about these, the, the Jebusites. They, they, uh, they used to taunt the, the Israelite army as well because they, uh, they believed that because they were up on the mountain in a, a stronghold, they, uh, it was too hard to defeat them because they knew where you, when you were coming. They, they could see everywhere around them and uh, very hard to defeat. And... Their cry was, or their, their declaration was that um, even the lame, even the blind and the lame would be able to defend this city. Now, that's, that's probably a, a criticism for the Israelites for two reasons. The blind and the lame could defend this city. So, basically, we could have our eyes shut and we could limp around and 
this city would never be taken by you. That's pretty insulting to an army. And secondly, this was a commentary says this was in reference to the Israelites' ancestors, uh, Isaac, because he, he was blind later on in years and he got uh, deceived by his, his son, Esau, uh, Jacob. And the, the other one, Lame, was Jacob because he, he limped around uh, after God touched the socket of his hip. And so they were uh, insulting the ancestors of, of the Israelite armies. These, even your heroes, they were, they were Israelite heroes. Even your heroes couldn't take this city. And, uh, and David, it got to David, and you can, you can read that. He, he, uh, he spoke, the Bible said he, he, he hated these, these people because of these uh, criticisms that they would give him. So later on, later on in the Bible, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, when Jesus was crucified, all four Gospels make a reference of where Jesus was led to be crucified. And it was Golgotha. And that means the place of the skull. And it also, the Bible also says that Jesus was led outside of the city to be crucified. And this was outside of Jerusalem. And this is the same place that David took the skull of, of Goliath to outside of Jerusalem. Golgotha and Goliath was from Gath. I don't know whether that's, whether that's coincidental. And the place of the skull, Calvary, that, that means skull. And the prophecy, there was a prophecy in, in Genesis 3.15. God was talking to the serpent, saying, And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his, his heel. Or other translations say, you'll bruise his heel. So when Jesus was crucified... He, nails were, were driven through his, his ankle and his, and his feet, bruising, bruising his, his ankle. And when, when he died, I, I, the Bible doesn't say where the cross exactly was, but could it have been that it was right where David put the head or the skull of Goliath? Straight on crushing the enemy's skull. In, in Jesus' death and resurrection, he overcame the enemy and he was victorious over the enemy. It says, I've been given all authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to, to me and now I give it to you. So go, go into all the world. That's pretty cool, isn't it? In, uh, in, sorry, in 2 Samuel... Let me just find the reference. 
2 Samuel 5, 6 to 10, they talk about, uh, this is the, the Jebusite city. This is where David uh, overcomes the, the Jebusite city. And he said, he said to his, his army, there's, there's no way to get in there except up the water shaft, up the gutter, or up the, the water tunnel. And so I, I can only imagine one purpose for a water tunnel. See, they didn't have water pumps to pump the water up to the city. So a water tunnel, in my mind, is to get rid of the waste. And, and David said to his army, um, I'll, I'll make great the person who, who goes up there. Uh, so he kind of passed that job on to someone else. But, <laughs> but this was a stronghold that had been there for decades. And, and they, they weren't going anywhere very quickly because there was only one way up. Um, because they, you'd get attacked going up there. They could see you from all directions, like I said before. And so anyway, they went up. They went up through this, this water tunnel. And when they got up there, they, they defeated the, the Jebusites and they took ownership of that stronghold. And they, they renamed that, the, the city of the Jebusites, they renamed it Jerusalem. So in now, what I want to get from this today is that in our, in our times of struggle with our giants... Where to not be another person, don't conform to the ways of the world. God's called you to, to greater things. See, the, David was available, but he wasn't well equipped. He wasn't a soldier, he was a boy. And the whole Israelite army was there, and, and they had been trained, they had weapons, they had armour, but they weren't available, they weren't willing to go. And God won't use someone that's he won't use the best and he won't use the strongest and he won't use the the most equipped he'll use the most willing and the most uh, open and available to go secondly when you when you're victorious over your giant you cut its head off Cut your giant's head off and display it and be proud of it. Take it with you. Don't just be victorious here on a Sunday. Take, it, take the victory with you. Cut the giant's head off here and take the head with you throughout the week. Let everyone know that, that you're victorious and what you're victorious in. And the fourth one, like David, he was, he was victorious against a giant, but there was a stronghold and it had been there for decades and it was, a, it was coming against the Israelites just like Goliath was, but it was a, it was a bigger giant. It was a, a stronghold and that's where the giants come from, strongholds. They're the things in your life that you can't break through and that you see impossible in front of you and that there's no way to defeat this thing in your life. That's what a stronghold is. What David did is he, he took the victory straight to the stronghold as if to say, you're next, I'm, I'm coming for you. The God's, 
God, God of Israel of Israel has delivered me from the giant here, and he's gonna he's gonna deliver deliver you into into my hands. Now going going up the going up to attack your stronghold up the water shaft, up, them going up the water shaft would have been messy, would have been slimy, it would have been muddy, it would have been not very nice. Sometimes we have to go through unpleasant things in our life to then be victorious. Don't give up in the unpleasant because God's calling you to more. David was was king of, of Harem. Which was, which was near Mount Zion, um, but he wanted to reunite the the Israelite family, and this was right in the centre. This Jebusite city was right in the centre, uh, stopping the everyone being united. So God called him to more, and it got messy before it got better. So first of, all, first of all, he displayed his victory. Then he spoke to, with authority over his stronghold. And then once he was victorious over the stronghold, he renamed it. So things in your life that are strongholds, that are battles, that are hard to break through. Once you're victorious in that rename what once was. Don't let it hang around. In the Bible... When, they, when God renamed people, it completely transformed them because the old name wasn't stuck to that person anymore. Just like this city, the old city name wasn't stuck there anymore. It was a new city. So can, I, can everyone stand, please? Just close your eyes, please, and and think of in your life the battles, the struggles that you might be going through. Think of things that might be might be causing illness or, or death or bondage or barriers, barriers like addiction or intimidation or fear. God wants to take that, that death and he wants to transform it into life. He wants to take the bondage and he wants to move you into freedom. He wants to take any sick and change it, transform it, move it to health. The barriers, he wants to break through them. God is called Bauperizim, the God of Breakthrough. And in, in my Bible, that, that translation says he's not, not just the God of the breakthrough, but he's the God of the burst through. When, when God wants to do something, he wants to burst through. He wants to make a, an impacting change, a sudden change. He wants to take you from addiction to freedom. He wants to take you from intimidation to boldness. He wants to take away the fear and replace it with faith. If you can relate to any of them, just lift your hands.
Lord, we thank you that you are the God of the burst through. We thank you, Lord, that you have won the victory and you have all authority and all power and you give it to us, Lord. Lord, we want to be people that respond to things in our life. They start out to be opposition, but God, we know that they're opportunity. Let us see through your eyes and see that that the things that are in our way are opportunity to rise in faith. Lord, we thank you that we thank you for giants in our life that that can grow us, Lord. We want to grow, we want to move, and we want to move to bigger and better things, Lord. We know that you have the promised land for us in our life, in our future. We want to step into that, Lord. So equip us through the battles, Lord. Thank you that you work all things for good for those who love you and are called according to your purposes, Lord. Thank you that we have your spirit in us, which empowers us to walk through our battles. We thank you for what was accomplished on on Calvary. We thank you that death, death is defeated. Thank you for victory, Lord. We're just going to finish with some worship. If you want to come down to the front and uh, and focus on God in this time, God, God wants to move you past things. He wants to move you through things, and He wants to rise you up. So take opportunities like this, and uh, and 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 go for it, like David did. You may feel unequipped, but in battles you you get equipped. God. God gives you the tools to use. The atmosphere is changing now. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here The atmosphere is changing now The Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here Overflow in this place Fill our hearts with your love Your love surrounds us we came to encounter your love your love surrounds us 
Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Your kingdom come, your will be done here as in heaven. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Your kingdom come, your will be done here as in Atmosphere is changing for the spirit of the Lord is here, and the evidence is all around that the spirit of the Lord is here. power your presence your anointing Lord we want more of that we want that to be upon us and Lord we want you to move in us rise us up and we want you to move through us Lord take us on to to the next thing that you have for us Lord take us on to more encounters with with those around us Lord let us let our eyes be open to opportunities God let us let us see with heavenly eyes Lord thank you Lord Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. I hope you walk in victory this week. I hope it's been helpful for you. Uh, it has been for me, so yeah, walking in victory. In, enjoy the sunshine outside. We got a cup of, a cup of tea and, and biscuits outside, so uh, thanks, guys. Thank you.